Rodriguez, and welcome back to another episode of So Jaded. We are in another week of protests and discussions surrounding Black Lives Matter and the police force. I want to give my support once again to everyone who is currently supporting the movement. Love y'all, and let's get into today's episode. So this is the first episode in a segment I call, I Finally Saw Myself. Today, we will be talking to my friends Connie Tico and Ellie Lemberg about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So let's do it, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we are doing this. Um, So I have Ellie and Connie with me, um, my really great friends since, let's see, I've known Ellie since like third grade, Um, and Connie and I met in high school. So I would love it if you guys would go ahead and introduce yourselves and kind of just, we can dive into this. Ellie, if you want, you can start. Sure. Hi, um, I'm Ellie. I'm a recent college graduate from Dickinson yeah. College. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, I've known Jade since third grade. Um, and we're talking about Mrs. Maisel today. Mm-hmm. So I started watching the show through my parents, actually. They had watched it first. I think my grandparents had watched it, too. And they all recommended it to me. Um, yeah. And I watched the first episode with you. <laughs> yes, we did. Me, Ellie, and... and not me. <laughs> no, my mom was there. And we all watched it together and it was it was great. I feel like I'm introducing myself to a class. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Connie Tico. I'm a recent grad of Chapman University. I do anthropology things. Yeah. Um my I started watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I had been recommended it and then I watched it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the first two seasons. Like over and over again. I yeah. think I saw them maybe You've like watched it a lot of times. Yeah, I've watched it many times. Yeah. I know. Out of all the people in my life, well, the reason why it was so important for me to have Ellie and Connie here today is definitely because I feel like out of a lot of people in my life, you guys identify most with this kind of show and like this kind of character. And yes, I am saying that because you guys are Jewish, um, the obvious thing in the room. Um, but also you guys, I feel like have been the ones who have like rewatched it the most out of like people in my life too. Um, literally like if I were to watch an episode with you guys, you guys would like know the lines and like be able to like say it along with. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're going to do that. Ethan, 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 never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you guys are honestly, I feel like have a really great passion for it. Um, so before we like dive into things, I wanted to go ahead and reiterate that this is kind of like a little bit of a series or like a part of my podcast that I call, I finally saw myself So that is just like identifying a show that you kind of did finally see a part of yourself in that show, whether it be like in a character or the storylines or anything like that. So that's another reason why I thought it was important for you guys to be on this episode specifically is because I felt and I've seen parts of you guys that you were able to identify um, as a part of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So let's 
get into it. Um, so the show obviously has a really big uh, part and relationship to the Jewish culture and what it means to be Jewish. Um, and I would love for you guys to just talk about what you think uh, that means to you and if you have seen that sort of representation on TV before. I think something that's like specifically really nice about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is that there are obviously like a lot of other shows that like have a lot of Jewish jokes or there are a lot of Jewish writers who put in jokes into shows that aren't necessarily around Judaism, but then Mm -hmm. there'll be like random jokes, like friends has like a lot of Jewish jokes, um, but they, (laughs) in like Seinfeld, um, and like Kirby enthusiasm, like anything with Larry David. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those things are all like half an hour, like short, very, like there's sitcoms where Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is obviously like an hour long, which you have a lot more room to play with and like that's like the characters are more dynamic um and so they're not just like these uh one like sided static characters that you'd see in these sitcoms like also like Fran Dresser and the Nanny like you have a lot of like Jewish things Mm -hmm. like that but never like a character who has such a complete arc um and also it's it's not just there as necessarily like a gag um I think it's a lot more nuanced and they go into a lot more detail and it's less of like the stereotypes that you um kind of see perpetuated even if they are like written the jokes are written by jewish people Mm -hmm. they're still like the same ideas over and over the same ones yeah i was gonna say something similar i think when you look at females in comedy specifically or like jewish women in comedy you see the same thing which is like this cultural judaism versus this religious judaism i think and like when i say cultural i mean like the jokes from friends or like schitt's creek if you've Mm -hmm. seen that um or fran like they all are very you know they make one or two jokes about a Jewish holiday or something related to that. And that's kind of it. They leave it there. But I think with Maisel, you have this comedy that revolves around Jewish religion that is a little bit, yeah, like you said, a little bit more nuanced, I think, and a little bit more dynamic. So like, um, it's the first type of show that I've seen. Yeah. I think that really hits that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think a lot of other, there's this idea of like Jewish comedy like historically being really about like suffering and complaining and then not doing anything about it it's like Mm -hmm. kind of what the stereotype of like complaining Jew comes from Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of like stand-up comedians do and I feel like that's what a lot of situational sitcoms do and I feel like this is less about like oh this idea of like complaining and suffering like there's more to it and especially with nuance like there's a joke in season two of Marvel's Mrs. Maisel where they joke about Tishabov which you like would never hear which is like a really obscure holiday well i remember when we watched the first episode i was at jade's and they made comments about like cultural comments about black and white cookies but then there were religious ones that i think went over your head that i had caught the kugel one the kugel i think it was about the kugel yes and it was about something with the rabbi or something about yom kippur your mother's upset you think it's every day there are kids and kugel (laughs) kugel and kids god there you go and i think um, that those were some of the ones that I caught in the first episode and I was like wow like I've never really heard these jo- these are new jo- these are new Jewish jokes you know mm-hmm. there are a lot of in, in other shows or other uh, forms of media the jokes are normally picked up by people everywhere and I think that's that makes the show more nuanced is yeah. that there are some jokes that are just picked up by people who are religious and then there are others that are very universal mm-hmm. Um, it's like come for the Jewish jokes, but stay for stay the for dynamic the plot women line. Yeah. and the yeah. plot lines. And they like, use a lot of like Yiddish. Like there's the one point where, where Tony Shalhoub <laughs> says he's like, 
I knew this would happen when I sent you that Goisha college. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go- I think it was Goisha. So yes. They use the word goy, yeah. And they use and Gentile remember, a lot, which, mm-hmm, is which I know some people wouldn't pick up on, but um, yeah, I think it's very well done. I know, right? And amazing. Connie can Love quote. Actor. Connie can do all the all the voices. <laughs> no. Do we think that Midge is a dynamic character? Yes or no? And yes. why? I do. <laughs> I do. Yes, I. Agree. I think she connects. I think something about. Um, like what makes a dynamic character dynamic is that they connect to their audience on more than on a one dimensional yes. emotional connection. And I think that you, at least for me, because I think I relate to Midge a lot. Um, mm-hmm. For Ellie, yeah. <laughs> we I think Ellie is a Midge. Was. I am a Midge. It's true. But I think that she connects to me on more than one emotional level. And yeah. I think that um, in the same sense, she also has like a different perspective on life. And I think those two mm-hmm. things together make her very dynamic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think a dynamic character is a character that changes over time that is multifaceted, able of, you know, She's having multiple emotions. And she, like, goes from being... She starts off as a housewife, A, and mm-hmm. then becomes um, a comedian. Comedian. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, she, she goes from being very strong, being on stage, being able to talk in front of a bunch of people. Also, there are scenes of her crying, um... Which also in the second season you see her crying on the phone to Joel, and then by the end of the third season she's crying to Susie, mm-hmm. which is its own really interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she does grow, and you see her. You watch her confidence grow as well, and her self esteem grow over because she really does shift from like different spheres. She goes from like this housewife sphere to this working woman sphere, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you see that arc of confidence and self growth over the first two seasons yeah like at the end of season two she she does that thing when she ends things with benjamin she like realizes that she was going down this one path of like having she was she says like a line that's like oh i won't have three kids before before 30 mm-hmm. she was like going down this one path of like living this really lovely like upper east side yeah. or upper west side life mm-hmm. um and then she switches that path completely and, and the character even like marks this like change this work in the room right. she's taking i think the first episode of season one is liter is such an amazing example of good writing mm-hmm. and it's so well written. Amy Sherman Palladino it seriously I see you. like I see you. it's yes. crazy how much like we literally watched that episode in my writing for tv class uh last semester because it is such a phenomenal piece of writing how one character can change so much in a matter of like whatever however long like 50 minutes is really really crazy and seeing how much you can change in one episode and then also getting a lot of change along an entire season Mm -hmm. too um i don't know how amy does it but like it's really phenomenal to see because she completely changes from being a housewife to now like being flat on her ass like needing to figure out what to do well, at the I end think of that's something first that's, episode. Yeah, I think also something to be noted is that when the season opens like that very first episode mm-hmm. you real like you realize very quickly that she's like this like 1950s 1960s housewife with yeah. kids and non-work whatever it is. But the very beginning of the show is when she leaves Joel or when Joel leaves her. So mm-hmm. you kind of she kind of like leaves that housewife submissive passive woman role from the very beginning like right from the get-go um this might be irrelevant so feel free to cut it out (laughs) um 
I also think that her mom is a pretty dynamic character because think about in season three how her mom like A cuts off her trust fund and then B is like um in season two she fucking oh sorry you can curse okay in season three she bitch, moves, I don't care. In season three she was in season two she moves to france and gets a yes. dog and then she starts yes. taking classes like mm-hmm. she like wants to get educated and then but i mean still like it's crazy in season three when she like is like cuts off her trust fund mm-hmm. um but yeah she's like so dynamic and probably one of my favorite characters on the show i think it's yeah. interesting as well that we see with rose that midge is what influences her no definitely change. Yeah. Like she moves, she moves oh, yeah, in a similar totally. in the same direction as Midge, just at a much slower pace. And I think that oh. it's cool. What even her say? dad, like Midge influences yeah, her dad. It's true, but I think when we like look at like dynamic characters of their mom, like her mom grew up in a time that it was even less. What is the word I'm looking for? Like less acceptable, mm-hmm. I guess, to like do what Midge is doing. And I think it's cool that they wrote that in, like that character arch with her mom as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that and Rose that's is another dope. thing. Rose is oh, so, Rose. she's so she's amazing. So cool. But I think that's another reason why um, Amy Sherman, Sherman Palladino does such a good job is because they're like real characters. Because in real life, like you're not gonna watch someone like completely change their life and like not be influenced by that in some yeah. sort of way. Her parents can only like judge her for so long before it's like oh, like, Midge actually seems kind of happy now. Yeah. Like and then her maybe, mom kind of becomes her yeah, in a way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, it takes her longer, but, like, that's realistic. That's like, realistic for that time period, e- yeah. Exactly. Such a period piece. I love it. It's <laughs> so good. It is. It's You're Susie. So good. Oh, I know. I'm I think Susie. I'm either her mom or her dad. That's what I was just thinking. You could be Rose. No. I, you would move you to would France You would definitely pick dog. up and move to France. But I think Take you're more classes. of like a Tony. I feel like you're a Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like you're okay, the one who fair. would like sit at the dinner he's table. He's always and like, just like oh, when everyone's fighting, the scene, he's just like reading my newspaper. Yeah, the scene where he's honestly. making sure that she has like a bank account and a job and he keeps leaving the room and he's like, okay. <laughs> like you're. And you have a bank sure. account. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous. Happy we uh, got that out of the way. <laughs> um, well, we definitely talked a lot, which I'm really glad about just like how she changed over the course of the seasons that we have so far. Um, but I want to, we don't have to talk about it for long, but I think it's necessary to talk about her right. relationship with her, her children. Kids. Oh, I got oh some God. comments got on some this. Comments on it. Yes. Dive right in ladies. Okay. Because you need to be, oh. sit down and be quiet. I have a very short comment. <laughs> go, okay. Go. go. <laughs> what I want to say is that I think it's cool that they tried to mimic her relationship with her kids like how it would have been in the 1950s and 1960s, like taking this like laissez-faire, like hands-off sort of um, stance with their kids. Mm-hmm. But what I don't think that they did particularly well was call that out or like put any emphasis on that so that it looks to the audience like she doesn't care, which I understand is controversial. But I think had they talked about that more, because there's other parts of the show that aren't necessarily cohesive with life in the 1950s and 1960s. But I don't think she's a bad mom. I think I don't think she just, is either. I think it's a, I think it's part of like, it's it's the time, you know? Yeah. I think, she's I think with the time period. I think yeah, it's easy for people to judge her but like in but they don't emphasize that. No, but people at are all. like she shouldn't yeah. go on the, like people are like what about her kids? Like she's on the road doing comedy. I'm like excuse me. Men go to work all the time and leave their kids at home and you don't yeah. seem to have a problem. Also, who right. do you think is organizing where her kids are staying? It's most likely her. You think Joel's on top of that shit? No, Joel sucks. They have we we <laughs> see them have sucks. that conversation. <laughs> 
we see them have that conversation. Like they talk about um, Ethan's schooling. They talk right. about like how the kids are going to be like when she's on the road, like obviously which weekends they're going to be with their grandparents, right. which weekends they're going to be with Joel. Like well, it's also, something that's they talk not about. The, but... That's not the point of the show. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think that, Thank you. like, I think that it's fair for what people have to say sometimes about the fact that they really do leave the children out of the show in total. Like they try to get this, like, I feel like the children, the actual like physical children are in the show so much for how little of like, like what they do in comparison to other shows, at least because like, one thing that I think Connie and I have talked about is like Grey's Anatomy, for example. Oh, like, oh, I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> like <Sorry. laughs> the kids, the kids will like fully disappear. It was like two seasons, and Meredith. Yeah, kids no, came her, back. Like, her children are in the show. They are they relevant. Are. There was one time a scene where it was with, but Midge it's not with what the, the show is about. And it cut to a Joel yeah. scene, and the kids were there. No, but I'm like, why are they? Sorry, sorry. This is just me I, going off. Like, well, because having I think children trying to be realistic, but about having children on set is so crazy. But I think Ellie, like going off what Ellie said, I think the fact that it's such a realistic show and the fact that they're there makes people like audience members, viewers, we do this weird thing where like, if we see something on screen, we're like, well, we have to talk about it. And it's like, well, if you want your television to mimic real life, like you're not always talking about everything. Like I think if anything, it shows that the show is so well done because people are so invested in yeah. in this part of her life because everything else is so well written and so well shown mm-hmm. that people are like, or audience members are like, well, where's her kids? You know, yeah. if that makes any I think sense. Like, I think it has to do with how well the show is, is done, but that's yeah. just like not the focus. Yes. I don't know. Maybe season four. A side note. <laughs> Yeah. Complete side note. It is interesting okay. that like people are like, you're a bad mom. It's just interesting that like that's a topic around the show when like Amy Schumer oh, yeah. and Paladino also wrote Gilmore Girls, which is like central to like moms and yeah. daughters. That's interesting. I, I also think about that. maybe this comment is not correct, but like whatever. Um, but I think it's Hit also crazy it. knowing that a show like Mad Men exists mm-hmm. and like you have, I don't know if anyone, I don't know if there was any conversation about whether or not what's his name Don Don Draper Draper. was a bad father but like I'm sure there probably wasn't I'm sure there wasn't not as much but then you have a show that is literally like it's literally set in like a very similar world and like there has to be a conversation about the kids like because she's a mother do we think that it has anything to do with the fact that the show opened with her being this Maybe. No, more it's hands-on she's mother. A woman. It's a well, yes, of course. It's because course. she's a woman. But I get what Ellie's saying. Like they start. Do you I think, think that's why like audience members are keying into it in one sense. Maybe. I think it's because she drops her kids off at her parents a lot. People are like, no, well, that is know. true. Like she has work to do. I'm like, do you know how many people drop? Do you know how many how many hours I spent with my grandparents as a young kid? Yeah. Like also, when they you have the working parents, when you have They're working there. parents, like you're you're being raised by your grandparents sometimes right. like you're being dropped off at your grandparents house like but also the show started that life, way you know like, she lives a floor above her parents for a reason like the show like, started with them being with her parents as well so i, I think know. there's one valid like argument that she's a bad mom and okay. i think it is when like she's measuring her kids 
Which is what? Which, Which is, is like measuring them. Trying to figure out why oh, Esther's I know. like. I know. When she makes all the comments about Esther's nose and her forehead. But that is a part of her journey. Is yeah. like she starts off as like this is how I am and this is how I survive in the world and I want my children to be able to survive in this world as well. And then she learns that like that's obviously not the way, which is right. another part of her journey. It is a very controversial, like Ellie said, like controversial part of the show is like people just feel the need to constantly mention like or question if she is a bad mom. Okay. Basically, we decided she's not. Um, (laughs) She's not. She's just a working woman. I want us to talk since this is a conversation that is overall about like dynamic mm-hmm. women characters in television. I want us to talk about like parts of ourself that we see reflected in Midge because like we said, she's not one dimensional. She is a very like fleshed out character. Um, so let's just like point out some parts of her that are dynamic and that like she we- is bold AF. She is older than I have ever been in my entire oh, life. Would I flash an audience? Like no. maybe not, but no. like if I, if I was drunk boobs, enough, maybe. maybe. What did you say? If my boobs look like her boobs, oh, maybe. I, I consider. <laughs> like she is bald. I'm sorry, Rachel Brosnan is ballsy. a lovely, smart woman. She is. We we all love her. We so obsessed. We're gonna. But she is. Day. She's so bold. Everything she does and all of the jokes that she makes. I'm just Listen, like Amy Sherman Palladino can write. Sorry, not to. Not to bring it up again, <laughs> but I am watching Gilmore Girl Girls. Yes, and l- both Lorelai and Midge are very similar. Amy Sherman Palladino writes these women that not only does the audience love them, but it's like everyone in their lives also love loves them. them. Yeah. And so you take like a cue from the other people in the town or mm-hmm. the other people in the city, and you like see that everyone else likes them, and they're just like so good with people that then you also kind of fall she in love with so them. She is so personable. I love so that about personable. her. I relate yeah. to her. When in that she way. works in, um, she's very very personable. When she works in the in the um. At the department store? Yes, the department yeah. store. Mm-hmm. Don't remember the name of it. I should. I don't remember either. Oh, I love when her mom's like, Sirsten go get a man. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Pick one up at Save Ours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been trying to figure out how to work him in. And I finally figured it out. Okay. Um, so the other, like my uh, um, favorite character, who I also identify as, is Lenny Bruce. <laughs> oh, um, I knew she was going to bring up Lenny. I didn't bring him up. We knew it. Um, we not discuss Lenny. I should love with Lenny. Midge till the end. Um, okay. Really do. But talking about her as a dynamic character that also shows her vulnerability, the episode, it's like Comedy and Cabbage, season three, where she's, first of all, meets up with Paris Geller from Gilmore Girls and is talk- and is Correct. feeling vulnerable about like wanting to like be with someone like intimately. Yeah. Have sex. Um, <laughs> AKA. If you may. If you may. Um, and... Uh, like she shows like this vulnerable side and then she's that whole night with Lenny, which is like so kind of not what that she's been like the done. whole season, which is a forking amazing episode. Yeah, it's so really good. Good. And then she doesn't have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Him. Pronouns. She doesn't have sex with him because she, she just doesn't feel the need to at this moment. Yeah. Just fine. I love the way that their <laughs> characters interact. Their characters. Like the, they are have a amazing. dynamic relationship. They do. And it's awesome. It's very modern. From the first episode. I was just going to say, from the very beginning. He's in the first mm-hmm. episode. The first episode ends with him bailing her out. And they have Kem. Mm-hmm. Which, do. wait, did I ever tell you guys? I'm 99% sure that every single time they're in the jail and you see the front um, desk, that was where my internship was. Remember I told well, no you way. Remember I told you how they would film in that building? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure oh my that's God. where it was. This summer I was at my internship and... 
the phone rang and I was like, it's marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And then, the, and so then my coworker and my coworker puts on the phone and goes, it's marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I was like, I felt it. <laughs> I felt it and I knew it. And Seriously, that was, like, and if that's the case, I've walked down those steps that Mitch walks down. So <gasps> Jade. I know. I'm 99% sure I have to do some research and see. But do you remember when I didn't? I'm very Rachel jealous. Brosnan this summer. I know. Yeah, we would have been so close. I feel like I was close. You felt it in your. In your you really blood, did. In your I think it's because she was blonde, and you just you there were things happening in my life. Yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry. So I want us to. I want us to kind of connect the dots on yeah, what we've been talking about. We're all over um, the place. Oh no, I love that we're all over the place, but I think it's important to talk about like we, we discussed Jewish culture like a little bit and like how the jokes and everything kind of connects in that way. And then we talked about Midge herself and what mm-hmm. makes her a dynamic character. So I guess mixing those things together, do yeah. you guys feel like within the Jewish culture specifically, um, and like in that world that there are those pressures placed such as being a good wife, a good mother. How do you see those um, represented? There's definitely like a big pressure to like marry and to reproduce and have Jewish children. Mm-hmm. is like a very big like pressure in Judaism. Even, and, even in families that are not super religious. Oh yeah. I even think. in reform, even yeah. in the reform movement, it's like really big about like, mm-hmm growing our numbers it sounds so awful no yeah like when i watched um what was that show on netflix oh my god unorthodox unorthodox oh i haven't seen oh, it see then the, the, all the other like hour-long jewish anything. shows are about like breaking orthodox is unorthodox no definitely i got it it's not no. right oh not okay at all. it's so Very serious serious. it's That's about a, a girl like in the like like ultra ultra orthodox and yeah, like yeah, yeah. i want to watch it okay yeah but it, it it was crazy seeing for me like hearing you guys talk about like I'm gonna find like a nice Jewish boy versus versus Excuse like me. no not I've you. Made jokes. I'm, I'm <laughs> not talking pointing that at me I mean, because like, I'm a nice jokes. Jewish like I individual I can't parlor my grandfather sent me a letter and was like have you met any nice Jewish boys yet? I make jokes about NJBs all the time. Would we you like to it. clarify for the audience? Clarify what? <laughs> that you don't want a nice Jewish boy. Oh, I'm gay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the it's look like she gave me. <laughs> I've never come out on the internet before. <laughs> the interweb. Now every now all of my thirty <laughs> listeners know. <laughs> I prefer queer. Yeah, you know what? Speak your truth. Um, I think that. Yeah, I we didn't even talk about Shiner Schneider. What's it called? Shiner, the summer camp they go to, and the Catskills. Oh, and the Catskills. Oh. Which is like a specifically Jewish. It's a very Jewish area. But they go, it's like all Jewish people at the camp and they sing Jewish songs. Right. It's so crazy. I never connected those dots. Well, I think we they got sing. them because we went to camp. No, but so. they sing a song. They sing the opening, like, Shiner song. And in it, it talks about, like, Israel. It talks about being Jewish. Yeah. Oh. I don't think that if, honestly, I don't think, I think it's easy to overlook. <laughs> I think that fact is yeah. easy to overlook. But for me, like, the moment they got there, Oh, I yeah. was like, this That's makes sense. That's because they said, hi, Eliana. And you were like, <gasps> I did really like that. I, I they included my Jewish name in the show for like 0. 0.003 seconds. Like for people. I loved that. For people who didn't grow up with Jewish friends, um, they leave during the summer. <laughs> I think so about that weird. frequently. That, when oh, I yeah, think back, leave. because you, oh, sorry, like, you grew up, honestly, you grew up with a lot of Jewish friends. Yes, in I did. School. 
but it's so weird being like, okay, bye. I won't see you till the end of the summer because you're yeah. going off to Jewish camp. Like, I'm sure it's very weird. Jewish husbands. Exactly. Do you think my sister's meeting her? That's where my sister and her boyfriend met. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, it's, um, it's crazy. But I mean, that's so part of like your That culture. is very cultural. Yeah. Also, because we, we live in a really Jewish area, but there are people who... I remember when we went on our nifty trip, there was one kid from another group who lived in Texas and was the only Jewish kid in this school. Right. We do Whoa. live in a very Jewish area. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure we do. Like, like I mean, in Pennsylvania, but also on the East Coast. Like, oh, we yeah. We just the do coast. live in... The East Coast is very Jewish. Both coasts are. Like, not both coasts, but like Jews... Do you guys know coast. other Jewish people who watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maze? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. I have a lot of friends from college who love it. I'm just at, like, what are their opinions on it? Do, does everyone love this show? I don't know I any Jewish person find, who doesn't like it. I agree. I, and like, even so, like my parents love it just as equally as my grandparents love it. I think my parent, my dad was really weary about watching the show at first. Really? Oh. Yeah. Why do you think? I think because he was like, I don't know. Maybe because he was nervous it was stereotyping Jews. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I feel like when you're a part of a group that is a minority and like is, um, just like I identifies it as any part of that. Um, you are going to be like wary anytime there but it is, is weird because a show we, like that. when we watch Gilmore Girls, there's a lot of Jewish jokes in Gilmore Girls. Oh. Anytime that there's a Jewish joke, he like loses his shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's very, very surprising to me. But he loves Jewish things. Yeah. yeah right. That's what My I was dad thinking. is president of our synagogue. I did not know that. Yeah. I love your She's father. She's like really <laughs> Jewish. She's on the Jewish Federation board. He puts Tefillin on. He does. Yeah. You don't know what that means. No, that no. levels you up. <laughs> <laughs> Go Google search that right now. See, You'll like, get it very quickly. There's, there's, you could so say much. that you do and someone will know if how, like, will be like, it, you. that means you're a certain Jewish level. What yeah. do you mean? Like oh, the fact if, that I have two sinks is, levels me up in Jewish. I think it's Which important. is funny because if anybody else, I think, had walked, <laughs> walks into your house, I don't know like what you thought of when you first saw it, but like somebody like i would understand that upon arrival yeah where other people would be like why do you have two dishwashers oh, well, why do you have two sinks okay do you remember one of our close friends mom Wait, was why? like what does kosher mean and then i was like yes I oh remember. it means i can't eat from 9 a.m to 9 p.m yeah. as a joke and then she was like what and i was like i'm kidding because people don't know and then i said i can't eat these hot dogs and then we went over there the next time and the next time we went over there her mom had made hot dogs why do you have two sinks because you can't like have a oh, big, big long conversation. Let's you just can't do a very, have, um, like the dishes. I can't, we can't eat the same meat, like meat on the same dishes that we eat dairy on. Uh-huh. So we have like two sinks and two dishwashers yeah. and two sets of, we have two sets of plates. We have three sets of pots, dairy, meat, and parv. Parv is like not dairy or meat. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like if you're at my house and you're like bringing your dishes to the sink and you bring it to the wrong sink, my mom will be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm always very hyper aware. I always ask Connie, I'm like, can I put it in here? Because I'm there. It's right, very obvious. It's confusing. That two sinks, but I don't know. <laughs> but why. it is confusing. But they they do it address just more chores. It does. It really does. <laughs> they do address being kosher in Maisel. Do they not? Yeah. They address and they're kosher shrimp and the egg rolls. Yes, in the, the very yeah. first episode. And then Tony Shalhoub is like, and everybody loses their shit. Tony Shalhoub. I know. He's like, tell me, show me where. Where does it say? In the Talmud, they're like, we, can, we can't have shrimp. And he was right. like, Leviticus 416 or something. Right. Yeah. Which is also and unrealistic because he would say it in Hebrew. That's true. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that is true. That was um, a good, that was, I just think you picked up on that. Sorry. I know we've been talking for a really long time, but that also I think that one thing is like Midge. 
I do know people who have a problem. And if it wasn't Rachel Brosnan, I would also probably be like, is that she's not Jewish. I think <laughs> because of, and you probably know this. I don't know if I know like, who in the cast is Jewish because they do have a very large percentage of the main. It's like Joel's family, right? Is, is, um, all Jewish. of them are. And I, think, I, I mean, like I, in- I'm pretty sure. The father is Abe is Abe has got to because he was in the Jewish Broadway show as well. Yes, yeah, but maybe that's so. I think it, I don't like. I, I don't, don't know Rose how. Is not Jewish. I know that there would be a lot of backlash and criticism if none of them were Jewish in real life. But yeah. I think because she is standing out as someone who isn't of the Jewish religion, and other people are, yeah. that's why she's getting a lot of backlash I mean, for it. Like she's the main character. They're supposed to be Jews of but European she descent. And she doesn't Jew look very Jewish. well. <laughs> That was really bad to say. I think we should talk about Susie. I agree. Anyways, darling, I'm going to talk about Susie now. Yes, I think we should talk about Susie a little bit there because Ugh. even though this is, I wanted us, even though this is supposed to focus like on how you like see yourself in Midge, I think it's still very important to bring up female friendship, mm-hmm. Um, female friendship women supporting women because Susie is gay (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm just like make her gay I don't get what Susie is so awesome the way that she supports Midge and also Midge has their they go through a lot. Yeah. Midge has to realize that the world doesn't revolve around her mm-hmm. and that Susie mm. also has her own goals in mind. Well, check your privilege, Midge. You know, she doesn't And she get, does. Yeah. Like, her getting... Definitely more as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's another way we see her For evolve. sure. That's definitely a way that she changes is just, like, she completely realizes that, you know, she can she can win and like be successful while also supporting Susie, um, which I think is really important Yeah, for her to change in that way. So what about Susie? It's like, um, can I really fast riff off? Yeah. Okay. I think that they should make Susie queer. I think that they like allude to her being a lesbian with Mm -hmm. people like calling her boy. And I get that people are like, why does Susie have to have any like love? Like, why does Susie have to identify? Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, that's how I feel about when people are like, why why, there doesn't need to be like a person of color, like princess or this or that in Disney. Like, why don't, why it's good. Elsa just has no one. And then I'm like, that's because you're a straight person saying this shit. Yeah. Um, who like doesn't need to feel seen anyways. And I think that Amy Sherman Palladino has like a history of like having queer people, but then not like having them out as queer, like Michelle from Gilmore girls. Mm-hmm. And then also shy Baldwin was gay, but then he like sucks at the end. And that's like a classic trope of making like finally right. a gay character and a person of color and then making them like not a good person. Suck, and I'm like, yeah. anyways, but Susie is a dynamic character. I, um, I want to explain <laughs> something. I one time got into a bit of a, argument with my writing for television professor because he was like i think Susie. why doesn't Susie have any love interests like blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. i get mad when people think that love interests are necessary yeah of course because i don't think that they are a lot of the times i feel like that these are two women who are focused on their career and she can be gay and not have a love interest. I was just going to say that. Yes. They can identify that's her without what, that's what bringing Tristan, in someone else. That's what Tristan uh, was saying to me is that she was like, there is 
a responsibility that they have to like identify that this is a character who is actually like a part of like the LGBTQ um, IA plus community, but like they're not exclusive, but that they don't have to be, there doesn't have to be like romantic interests. I just think it's kind of weird for people to be like, well, I want to see her in love. And I'm like, well, why? She's a career woman. Okay, but also, also say the same thing about Midge. And I'm like, I understand. But she's like, I understand with Lenny is so good. I know. Connie I understand. But so also, hard. don't you think we've just been so just like conditioned? They don't to need just to like, date. I just want to see them kiss. i have one solid hookup i know it's just i understand it's something that we like want and like we crave i think i just like constantly and it also goes into midge doesn't need it you know what i'm saying i'm not like oh midge needs a love interest we know she doesn't need it it's like it's like how i don't need a partner but i want one Mm -hmm. yeah She's already whole on her own. She doesn't need a man to make her Which happen. is another way that she's been dynamic, may I add? Because yes. she did need one at the very yes, beginning. Yes, she did need one. Yes. And a bad one. Let's quickly discuss the specific things about Susie that we find that are dynamic. Let's kind of just like name some helpful mentions. After that, I would love for us to go ahead and talk about like any last minute um, traits that we see in Midge that we specifically see in ourselves. Yep. And then I would love to like do closing remarks after that. So let's start with Susie. What, I mean, let alone the fact that she's a career woman, someone who's trying to do better for herself, but also support women. I think it's interesting that her only two client clients are women. Um, especially two very different types of women. Um, and the fact that like, she really does see the best in people. Susie's a person who is very much so on the sidelines a lot of the times because she is like a people watcher and someone who is like constantly absorbing like other people, you know, like she's very strategic. She knows from the beginning that Joel is an asshole. Like she knows from just from Mm -hmm. like watching on the sidelines and, um, I think that's something that says a lot about her. Um, her yeah. relationship with her family is very dynamic. Yeah. Um, and she is, she has one of the biggest connections to the women characters in this show. Yeah. Uh, when you really think about it. Yeah. She's also a fearless, fearless individual. I always think oh, about yeah. that scene when, um, She's in the room with a bunch of like those men in suits. Wait, I just rewatched that scene today. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she with, uh, honestly Harry is just Drake. like, yeah. And she's just like, can I bring up the scene care. where, cause this is one of my favorites in the whole show where she gets the undercover job working yes. at camp and she goes missing yes. and the whole staff, the whole staff freaks the fuck out and is like, where are you? Are you okay? Are you safe? And she comes back and it's like the first time that we see people like, other than Midge, like love her and care about her, and she's Susie's so back. she's so th- they all have the walkie talkies, yeah. and she's so thrown because she like didn't even realize that she had made any of these emotional connections. I love that scene. My favorite part is when they're is when they're like, "Tell everyone on the walkie that you're okay," yes. and she's like, "Hey guys, like I'm all good." And you hear them go like, "Yay!" Yes. Like, how many search parties were like out for her? Like that's so. Crazy. Oh my god, I gotta go watch that scene. That is such <laughs> oh wait, a good other point. good scene is when she's like she's like at staying at Midge's house. Yeah. And um 
you see her like doing all those th- random sh- things like and she talks to ethan and then she's oh, in the yes. bath and imogen and comes home and she's like high in the bath oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 that was good she just doesn't give a flying <laughs> so fork what anyone thinks or yeah. she <laughs> measures her thigh and she's like 27 fuck that's a tiny thigh <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. She's so she's such a good character. I am. Are there any last minute like shout outs? Yeah, about Marvelous Mrs. Or the show oh, in general. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, when I watch it, I forget that New York City isn't just composed of Jews anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Now, obviously there were other people in New York City. But they're very Jew centric mm-hmm. in the nineteen like, Well, in the areas that they are, in the areas of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in. and at that time period, yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful show. I think that the writers are brilliant in that they write for everyone to enjoy. I know we've talked a ton about Jews. That's my end question. Yeah, that is a good Someone fact check me. I'm confused. I know. Can you fact check that? Um, Marvelous. uh, Yeah, I just think it's a great show. I think it's so, it's just, it has something for everybody, which Mm -hmm. I think is great. I think we talked a lot about being Jewish. We didn't even talk about the costumes and the set, which are like outstanding. The costumes are fantastic. And the acting is outstanding. I mean, I think the chemistry between the characters in this show is like really brilliant. It's just so well done. Also, just fast people. We love fast talking. It's a very specific type of acting. Really specific. And writing. And there's amazing camera work. Sorry. Oh, so good. I'm going to evoke it again. So good. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is everything that Amy Sherman Palladino wanted to do with Gilmore Girls, but didn't have the money or the resources to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so many um, long shot, like so many one takes. So many. It's They're awesome. Yeah. Can we briefly mention the soundtrack? Because the soundtrack oh, to this show yeah. is fantastic. I was listening to it in my car. I was it's like driving. It's interesting because it's not, all, it's not all period music. Oh, yeah. No. no. But they have a lot of it. And it's well picked mm. it's well picked well picked and the picture cars ah oh, the picture cars so wonderful oh my god i need to leave um also one last note we didn't talk about but sophie lennon is an awful character and she needed to go <gasps> so wait lennon. if we're gonna bring up sophie Len- so i'm i'm realizing how much i are gonna have to edit this care now. about people oh. and like I don't know. So well, she, we I have feel, to talk about her. I also she's a feel bad about female Sophie character. Lennon. She's a bad character. Yes, she is a bad character. She she started she, off fine and then she went kukukakansano in the last season. Kukukaka. Yeah, but Sophie Lennon is someone who only thinks that she can only do one thing really well. Yeah, she gives up on everything else. And it's I think that scene is really sad to watch because not only is not only is Su- all of Susie's hard work yeah. and money and time like getting flushed down the drain, but it's also really sad to see a character who has all of this potential and being a woman not thinking that you can be successful in something different, like fail. It's kind of, when you really think about it, it's like comparing Midge and Sophie. Like imagine watching Midge the show being completely different and instead it's about midge thinking that she can be a comedian and then realizing that she doesn't have the self-esteem or the confidence to do it i think that is like 
so what we're watching in Sophie Lennon, but obviously in a shorter amount of time. Okay, I Absolutely. think with Sophie Lennon, like I think that is like good character arc. I'm yeah. just like she is too fucking weird of a character for me to like appreciate that. Like there's a scene where she's like bathing and the man's like brushing her hair and her dogs are watching, like mm-hmm. when she's on the phone with Susie. And then also when she's like sex with the other guy in the cast randomly. Like oh, she yeah. just does too many random things along her overarching path that I'm like I don't even remember what I was going to say anymore. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you about the, I I didn't really think about it in terms of like, she has this potential, but she can't do it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like I, her, cause her character is so strange and she's so, she's so mean and like, you see yourself in her Jade. Yeah. Do you? I, I don't, I don't, I'm getting those vibes. There's definitely, she chokes. I've choked so many times. But I think on you stage. brought out something really important about her character because all I saw when I watched her was just somebody that was like mean and cruel and bitter. Yeah. And you were saying like there is this part of her that's redeemable that she like she has the potential to do something and she can do something great, but she just doesn't believe in herself. And I didn't really see it from a self esteem confidence perspective. Or maybe I did, but I haven't watched it in a while. But I think that's really important. And Yeah. No, you made good points. You did interesting. Because I didn't I didn't see her character that way. But I it's think like, that makes her more likable. Um, more like yeah, more mm-hmm. likable. I still don't like her, but you made her more likable. Oh, I know. It's like that's more realistic. It's like last respect. week Well, when I was talking to Sarah and Tristan during the fleabag episode, um if you guys haven't watched um Crashing on Netflix, you should Oh, like Lola. Yeah, yeah, and we were talking about this character, Lola. You should watch it. It's only one season. Okay. Um, but just, like, these characters that are written, basically for us to, like, intensely judge. But I think when the writers, like, give us clues as to, like, their humanity and, like, their reasoning for maybe being a little wacky, like, um, I think we're, they're able to be, like, redeemable. And, like, well, there was so a lot wacky. of... There's a lot She's of so space wacky. You know when she wacky, opens the door and, She's like, a crazy people rich people are like, what day is right. it? And they're, She's like, been all handed working. everything. Do you know what I'm saying? She's what? like crazy, it's crazy she, like, person. Opens it and she's like, do you have any new jokes? And then they're all oh, like, yeah. what day is it? And she's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're like sitting in a dark room. And there's another part where she gives Midge a macaroon and, or Susie eats <laughs> yes. the macaroon and she goes, oh, you're going to eat it. And I'm like, what? Okay, but to be fair, what is this character? Everything had always been handed to her. Like you see her throughout. I know, but this she time. makes it. She, never she takes it out of this world. She does. Like, she at does. least Bubbles Whistle, I feel like, was a bit like fancy, but it, it took place Fonsy. in this world. Sophie Lennon is in another. She's world. in her own yeah, universe. I agree. I'm like, with that. yeah. Yeah, what is with those I wish writers sitting in my face? Oh, I think it's just funny. Like, I, I, I think Amy was like, we need a crazy, wacky character. I don't know. They curked her. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. She does it time and time again. Okay, so for our closing remarks, like what I usually do, I would love for each of you to go ahead and just give me what you think is your definition of dynamic. Dynamic. (laughs) Go for it. I kind of already said mine, but... You you can reiterate what you said. Okay, so I think a dynamic character needs to be emotionally connecting to their audience in more Mm -hmm. ways than one, be like very, very multifaceted and at the same time provide a, a change of perspective in life on some level. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Perspective is a nice word. Yeah, so I think Midge does this pretty well, but um, but I think that kind of goes for any character. I think that's like twofold. Yeah. I think a dynamic character is a uh, character who's multifaceted as opposed to a static character. I think it's a character that um, changes from point A to point B. I wonder where we will be at like when marvelous mrs Maisel is like done like done done you know what i mean 
I wonder like where all the characters will be, where Midge will be, and like where the end of that evolution is. Oh, but. even though she's a dynamic character, like I bet by the end she'll be like. I think she will eventually. I think she'll have another love interest at some point within the show. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. But that's important to mention. Being dynamic doesn't mean that... You don't have to swear off love. Being exactly. a feminist does not mean that you can't be... Exactly. ...in a relationship with a white man. It hurt you to say that. <laughs> it really, I saw your face. But it, it, no, it's true. She looked it's directly true. at me. It's, it's totally true. And, you know, living your, your truth does yeah, not... Yeah, living your truth. It's equality for any choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, I love those. I want to thank both of you for coming on and talking to me this How week. Do we do? Of course. I there is yeah, like I said, on a scale of one to ten each. <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> ten, but like I said five. before, there's so much that I personally don't know and I think it's so important for everyone to learn as much as they can mm-hmm. about the people that you surround yourself with. And everyone should definitely go and watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel if you haven't already. It's currently on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Um, thank you. This was so fun. I love you. I love. Both I love of you. you. Okay. Awesome.